David Scranton's with us, founder, CEO of Sound Income Strategies. So David, I mentioned the CPI right at the top of the show. I mean, this is mm -hmm. such a key part to the story. Tell me about your thoughts here. Well, the, the, the inflation numbers have been cooling down in the you know, last few months of the year. And if you look at, you know, we had a one month that was 0.4, one month that was 0, 0.0, a couple point ones. It really averages closer to a 3% annualized rate. And, and that is a much better, uh, you know, that's much better than what the government likes to quote. The Fed likes to look in arrears. And when they look at arrears, you know, that includes the first six months of 2022 when the inflation rate was super duper high and it becomes a little bit misleading. In fact, I think that's a whole problem sometimes of how the Fed manages things is they're too much in arrears and they're not so much looking at what's happening today or the trend or moving forward. I see. So that's the whole battle, too. People are saying, should we listen to the bond market? Um, does the stock market know what the Fed's really doing? Um, what do you think about that sort of language that we're hearing? Well, there is a conflict right now between what the Fed is saying and what the bond market's saying. And uh, everybody always says that, you know, the bond market's smarter than the stock market. And being a bond guy at heart, I like to think that's true. I'm not sure it is. But the, the, the Fed is at a point where I think they were at the end of 2018, where they're doing a lot of job boning. In 2018, they were raising rates, and a lot of people forget that they started lowering rates again in 2019 before the, the pandemic. And the reason was because the bond market essentially retaliated. It would not agree with the Fed. And the Fed tried to raise rates one more time at the end of 2018. They essentially couldn't do it. Um, but until that point, they were job boning. They were trying to talk the markets up. And what did they did for a while was they had success. They jawbone, and the longer-term bond yield would start to go up, and that would give them enough room to raise short-term rates. Well, eventually, at the end of 2018, their jawboning no longer worked. The bond yields actually came down, and they were not really able in any practical way to raise rates again. Well, that could be where we are again at this point, because there is that disconnect between the bond market and the Fed. And I do think the Fed knows somewhere in their heart of hearts that that inflation is trending downward. Yeah, maybe it's not their 2% target, but it's in the right direction. And they're just trying to get more ammunition so that next time we have a recession, rates are starting at a higher point and they can lower them to a greater degree. So we'll have to see who wins out on this one. Yeah, and you said, I mean, when we talk about the recession possibilities, you said, I, I don't think it will be very severe or a long one if there is, in fact, a recession. So what do you tell investors? I mean, is this an opportunity that people can get in? Some things are beaten down 20, 30, 40, 50 percent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's first of all, it depends on obviously people's risk tolerance. But if somebody is, you know, in that red zone into retirement, they're within 10 years of retirement, maybe newly retired, and maybe they've poo-pooed bonds or their financial advisors have poo-pooed bonds for a while because the yields were too low. Now may be the first time in a decade and a half when you can go back and you can look at bond yields and the yields of things like preferred stocks and actually get paid for the time commitment. So that's one thing that I think people need to start looking at again, because if we do hit recession, rates will come back down again, and the bonds won't look as good maybe a year from now as they do today. If somebody's a little bit younger than that or they're willing to take more risk, have a longer time horizon, that's when you start to get into the stock side. And the conservative way to do it is with a high dividend value approach, uh, high dividend value stocks, 
uh, are much better protected. They've done much better. In, you know, the S and P is down almost 20% last year. A lot of high dividend value strategies are only down single digits. We have one that's actually up for 2022, um, which is you know kind of hard to say these days uh, with the market being so bad last year. And if somebody really wants to take some more risk but wants to dip their toe in the water, you know, some of the technology stocks that are down 30 or 40 percent, yeah, they could go down further and they will go down further with recession. But, you know, maybe dipping your toe in the water or some of those might not be a bad time. It always amazes me how people loved a lot of the FANG stocks at this price, you know, but now all of a sudden they're at this price and they don't love them anymore. So it's it's kind of perverse. But for the right investor looking into some of those FANG-like things, you know, it may not be a bad time to, again, just start dipping that toe in the water. Yeah, because you know what it is. You don't want to catch a falling knife. People get scared. Yeah. Um, if you liked it at 100, why don't you like it at 75, right? I, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, when the trend is to the downside and people have already lost so much, they get nervous. But look, if you bought during uh, COVID when we, you know, March of 2020, and then we had that big run afterwards, you did so well, right? If you bought during the financial crisis, you did so well. I mean, that's when you have to be that contrarian. When I look at that's what's right. moving today on the upside, I'm seeing real estate, consumer discretionary materials are some winning groups today, while consumer staples and energy are lower. Um, do any yeah. of those groups jump out at you as opportunities? Well, you know, consumer discretionary is, it's been, it's been back and forth, it's in that transition period. Is it, is it still trending up? Is it gonna trend down? You know, wh where is it? Um, it really depends upon what you think about recession. And I've been one saying that the Fed will cause a recession. They're going to cause a recession, no question about it. Um, although uh, the one thing that's a mitigating factor there, I will tell you, is that right now 90, 95% of all analysts are finally on my side. When I was saying this, nobody was saying there was gonna be a recession. And you probably, you know, you know that when 95% of analysts are on one side of a trade, they're usually wrong. So, so now I'm nervous sticking to my guns with that recessionary prediction. But assuming that pans out, yeah. that, that's where you, you know, consumer staples, uh, pharmaceuticals, those, those conservative, Sectors are the ones that are that are most likely to hold. But I think it's one of these things where, you know, as soon as the news hits that, okay, we're in recession, that's when you want to start to rotate back to discretionary stocks uh, and things that'll do well in more of a growth expansionary period in the economy. Okay, understood. And just the final thought here, when we look forward into 2023, is there anything we left out, whether it's the international picture or you mentioned tech maybe being a way to get in, maybe dollar cost averaging. Is there more some specific thing about tech? No, I think I think it's just, again, it's, it's if it's somebody who's willing to be more aggressive, who has a longer time horizon, that I think getting into tech stocks, and you want to get in diversified. You don't want to get into one or two things. You want to be fairly across the board in technology, especially if you're in smaller companies, because you don't really know, uh, you know what's going to be the next Google or the next Apple, right? So you've got to be smart about it. But you know, we know that when interest rates are going up, there's a big headwind for those growthy names that don't pay dividends or pay minimal dividend. When interest rates start to come down, it actually creates a tailwind for those things. So if you say, gosh, even the Fed is saying they only want to raise rates another 1% or so, so that means 80% of all the interest rate hikes have all, are already in, right? So yeah, there might be a little more pain in those areas, 
But when rates do start dropping, those things are going to start to go up. And to me, you at least want to start dabbling in them again, if they're appropriate for you, and be there in advance. Because you said it best, contrarians are the ones that make money in the markets. You know, If you follow the crowd, uh, you're always going to be an average investor. But if you're willing to buy when people are selling and to sell when people are buying, that's the secret. Right, and but it's so tough to do it at that time. It is. David Scranton, great to see you. Thank you. Sound income strategies.